When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'll tell you what, I'm hungry. And since we're at your house, Chrissy... What you're expecting, lads? Oh, I've got, I've got any amount. <laughs> <laughs> we all know when the deliveries go to. How does a cheeseburger, burger taco, Caribbean chicken rice ball, and a prawn pad Thai sound? Ooh. Three meals between four. Sounds good to me. Get in that kitchen. Get that pro- penny on. Not a problem, lads. You got the Hello uh, Fresh deliveries in. Wow, it's brilliant, man. You know, if you can't be bothered to make food on during the week. <laughs> Which Tech is quite squad. regular for me. Can't be about the good Razda or wherever, whichever supermarket you go to. I've gone multicultural today. Oriental, Mexican, Caribbean. Not a problem. <laughs> right, mix. I know, yeah. The tour of the world. We'll go Gordon Ramsay, we'll have, we'll have a sample of each, I think. No, yeah. Funny enough, there's not that many uh, Caribbean restaurants in Barnsley. <laughs> <laughs> so so it can be nice to try a bit of Caribbean food. The jerk chicken. Yeah. It's, it's, a great way, it's a great way to learn as well, by the way. Learn how to cook and stuff. Yeah. Time saving, saving as well. They have a variety of meals that are time saving. So you I'll tell you what, I'm sold, lads. Are they doing low calorie meals yet? Yeah. They're doing low calories as well. Oh, yes, they are. Well, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna get involved. I'm going to intercept. I'm going to be watching them email with bated breath. <laughs> I'm going to intercept and see what. Uh, see no what planning, no shopping, no food waste. Just bang straight to your door. Bang straight to your door. Open your box. All your recipes. All your ingredients. Decide what you want. What day? Straight in. Can we generous get... portions as well. By the way, I yeah, know we're all portions. big eaters here. We are. We are. We are. So is there any? Uh, can anybody get an offer from from HelloFresh from us? They certainly can. All you've got to do is go to www.hellofresh.co.uk and use the code Kosh. What do you get for that? I hear you me. ask. You've got the piece of paper in front of you. What do we get for that? <laughs> 50% off your first box. Yeah. Oh, yes, and 35% off the next three after that. Quick, do they do quick meals? Oh, they do rapid quick meals now. Really? So if you're if you're a man about town, on the rush all the time, don't worry about that. Quick ones in, 10-minute prep, 10-minute cook. It's on the table. 20 minutes, job done. If you're looking to impress a female as well. Oh. It's the longest ad in the world, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking to impress a female... <laughs> Yeah, if you're looking to impress a female, bit of a bit of a nineteen. Yeah, just hide the boxes. So yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've been out, I've shopped. Candlelight on the table, a bit of pot puree under cushions. Oh, bonnet a douche. <laughs> Don't get much better, does it? All the ingredients are there. All the the instructions are there, and she's going to think you're a top notch cook. Yeah. You can even talk her through the nutrition information. Yes, you can. Impress this, her even more. This Julie is calorific. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you slim, Julie. Don't worry about that. 
So all you got to do is go to www.hellofresh.co.uk, enter the code KOSH and get 50% off your first box and 35% off your next three. Enjoy. How's it going, lads? Oh, you, are you introducing the show today? Yeah? I, I, no, have one, started, I have one a month. Gone. Eh? That's been cut out. <laughs> How are we doing, everybody? <laughs> Good, you? Yes. Welcome to Under the Cosh. We're on our holidays, haven't we? We are. We're, uh, we had the passports out. We're in uh, Cambridge. Sammy well, was good, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean... Quite an imposing character. Visually. I've seen him with his top off. <laughs> well... <laughs> I won't tell you what happened after. <laughs> Did you Google? John had some more naked. <laughs> what will you come up? <laughs> Anything. 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 There's be up. something out there. <laughs> but then uh, a really nice guy. Yeah, he is. top guy, isn't he? Top he is. guy. Because like when we, as we were speaking about you know getting getting mixed up in Shit. the things that he did, I thought are the, are the people listening to this going to be saying what what a you know, has he thrown his whatever away and he's ruined it for himself? But and even at Norwich, you know, you know yourself when you meet somebody what the type of lad they are. If they're a good lad or yeah. not. And I think listen to the podcast back. I think he does come across as, really a, well. as a good lad. Yeah, and, nice kid. Mm-hmm. And I honestly didn't know about that that he'd gone through that trouble. Well, that, a lot, and that's sums up probably the whole the whole reason why we put it into that. perspective yeah. the the different play because like you said it's not like we're we're contacting players saying oh have you been going through anything at the time yeah. why don't you come on so we could talk about it it's it's naturally coming out and i think that puts in perspective just how many players are, are going through struggling it yeah. because it isn't something that we've mm. aimed to not at, not a at all that we've we've looked to talk about but it's just kept popping up exactly he said it himself, you know, when he speaks to people and he asks how people are and they say, I'm fine, yeah, no problems. He's like, you're lying. Mm-hmm. Is it a matter of fact? Like, even you, Johnny, you say, you say you're all right. Is it going to come to a point where you're like, you know, I am missing it. I do want to, you need to talk about Not it. Not at the minute, but it might. I don't mm-hmm. know. No, it was, I definitely took a lot away from it, like. Mm-hmm. Another one of your pals today. <laughs> Honestly, lads. I, I was a little bit nervous because I wasn't sure. I know he's a quiet lad. and Then when you get to know him, he's a funny... Hopefully you'll see for yourselves that he's a funny funny lad, man. Another superb win on Who Knows Wins this weekend. For, for three people. For three? Three people. How much? Uh, it was 2,660 quid divided by three. Oh. So what's that? That's going to be 860, 870-ish, 860-ish. He's angled that so he gets his maths in, hasn't yeah. he? Eight, I'll say what you did. Three people have basically won well over 800 quid for the fiver. Uh, one of the, did you see one of the lads tweeted? So first time playing, first win. I'd, I'd retire if I was him. Congratulations, chaps. Yeah, well Good done. Uh, Good weekend. Yeah, you've, you've just got to tip your cap to them. Yeah. Getting, getting seven out of ten. If you ever, uh, if you ever see us, just please do buy us a drink. You know what yeah. I mean. Uh, but now another week, another league this week, aren't we? The league's out now. I want. I just want it to keep. I want somebody to win a fucking massive pot. I want somebody to be putting the fiver in and uh, and winning a two grand pot. Me holiday job. Yeah, an holiday job. For it kids. is. That's the thing. Pat family, and cases, family and kids. Janice. 
You know what I mean? Julie, I'll outside. Julie, yeah. <laughs> Julie's at work. He's taking Janice on holiday. Janice, his wife Janice can't get time off, so he's taking his mistress, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> but I want it to get a, a massive pot where somebody can fucking really have a take kids and missus and kids away on a holiday with it. If you want to get involved in the next league, get on over to the iTunes store, Google Play, download the Who Knows Wins app in the under the cost leagues there. Aye, so get involved and we'll uh, we'll see you at the back stick. Five yeah. pound in, pick your ten results. Well, I'll see Top you three all, take the pot. I'll see you all at the bottom of the league, lads. <laughs> <laughs> and women. My brother, my brother was confident. He actually went out of his way to messages saying, I'm, I'm going to win this. I'm confident. End of play Saturday, tied 508th. <laughs> It probably tied with me. <laughs> that was it for another week. <laughs> Should we get Chaddy in then? Is is, is that right? Chaddy. Aye. Enjoy it, lads. Yeah, should right. be good. Chaddy. 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 Come on, Luke. Luke. Luke Chadwick, how are we doing? Very well, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Very formal introduction there, Luke. Yeah. Looking forward to this one, lads. We've heard, we've heard a few tales. We've had to, literally with Tony Warner. Yeah. <laughs> Las Vegas, told us a few. You promised me we wouldn't speak about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're, full, we're full of shit. It's lucky Tony's so big, because if I lost it, it would have been um, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, the, it was one of the best spray tans I've ever seen, that trip. Spray tan? Was it not a spray tan? It was natural, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fan of the paper underpants? Bit of a front yeah, and back. Yeah, yeah. Keep them safer, aren't they? Keep them on. <laughs> it only lasted two hours, though, because you came back in from, from around the pool and it was smudged. It was leaking everywhere from the sweat. Yeah, it was a hot, really hot out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the best one was after... When Warner done what he done in the queue, can you remember? Uh-huh. Gary Dock, when he was so drunk he couldn't get his vest on. <laughs> that, that old woman was had his hands in the air. He had to be like a small child. <laughs> hands right up. up. Funniest thing I've ever seen in his life. He uh, pops up a bit, Gary Dock, doesn't he? He's an absolute legend, isn't he? Oh, what a man. Gary Dock, what a man. So was this during your time at Norwich? At Norwich, we went there. Because you didn't come to LA, did you? We did four days in Vegas and then three in LA. But you went you went back after Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Vegas was more than enough for me. <laughs> but in, obviously in Vegas, you get the tables and that sorted out. So when you meet the hosts of the night, you kind of don't want them to know that you're footballers. So like, they'll get chatting and they'll be like... Funny yeah, enough, none no, no, ever look at me and think he's a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I've always got away with it. So, you know, I'm a physio or he's an electrician or whatever. He bowls over. I'm Luke Chadwick. I used to play for Man United. <laughs> <laughs> a load of rubbish. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Classic, man. <laughs> I remember the day that Tony pissed on you. And you were just sat in disbelief. I couldn't believe it happened. It's minding my own business, sat in a corner, doing a nice quiet bottle of lager at the beer at the pool party. All of a sudden, something on my shoulder. Turn around. <laughs> What's happening here? Like, like, what is something like snakes on a plane? Are you just seen this big because he's obviously got a big one wood Tony, <laughs> hasn't he? Yeah, I don't even think he put his wood through it. I think it was just a perfect through the, yeah. through the hole. 
It was expert accuracy. Oh, I respect him more for he saw the opportunities there and he took it. So you're just sat there with a bottle lag of mine in your own. Yeah. That's what you get. And he's pissed on you. <laughs> yes. You've got to be a certain type of character to take that. I know it's Tony and he's a big old unit. Yeah. But you've got to just think, you go one or two ways, can't it? I think he, I think you were the, I think I was the first person you came to and just went, Chris, Tony Warner's just pissed on us. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> so just leave it like, so, yeah. like a man. Yeah. What, what, what will be your next move, Chris? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much the same as yours. Yeah, just yeah. To, totally ignore it and, and forget it ever happened. <laughs> Premier League winner? We've not had many of them on. No. Have we had not. any? He said about my moment. Exactly an integral part of that squad. <laughs> but you've still got the medal. Yeah, obviously it's um incredible to have to have got that. Obviously I just pinch yourself time really being involved in a squad with that quality of player and getting enough appearances to to win a Premier League medal. How many do you need? Ten. Ten. How can we go from being pissed on by Tony Warner to uh, talking Winning the Premier League, we yeah. two minutes, everybody. And it's football, isn't it? That's <laughs> <laughs> what we do best on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what a squad to come through! Oh, incredible! Like the players that were there, like every day in training was so intense. You're just striving to to be at their level every day. It was obviously incredible experience, but it was hard at the same time because obviously deep down you know you're not quite as good as them every day. But it was um, incredible. Wouldn't change it for the world being part of that squad I don't think I was ever that comfortable with actually being famous as it were I love playing football but the other stuff that come with it I don't even know if I was ever completely comfortable with that and obviously well, a bit club, much feel like you think yeah just <clears throat> all I really wanted to do was was to play it was so far out of what I was used to I'm come from a little village in the south of Cambridge and all of a sudden I'm up at Manchester United Old Trafford people shouting at you in the street everyone knows who you are just weren't 100% comfortable with it to be honest with you Could you feel it affecting your development then at the time? No I wouldn't say that I think like when you get in a team it was incredible you got to play with a bit of freedom but then obviously it gets a bit harder your, your appearances come a bit fewer far between because the players that you're playing with are of such a calibre that you can't exactly be knocking the, the gaffer's door down and say I should be playing here and I just think it just come to a point where you can stay somewhere and be a squad player or just try and go and make your own way and get some appearances in football, really. How did it come about your first getting your chance? Was it? Did he take an instant liking to you, Ferguson? That, I think um, he didn't really notice that he took an instant. I think, obviously, I used to come in and work hard all the time and do the best I could, which I think he respected and the other players respected. I think I went on loan to Antwerp for about nine months and when I come back from there I weren't expecting it at all but I was sort of thrown straight into the first team squad made an appearance in the League Cup against Watford started that game and done well and then ever since then that whole season I was in the squad coming on making a fair few appearances When did you get your first contract? So my first professional contract would have been when I turned 17 when um, there was two of us when we were apprentices and we were doing quite well so we we, I think we all got 50-odd quid a week back then as an apprentice wage. And then if you've done well, you got a professional contract. And I think it went up to about 500 quid a week at the time. I was absolutely buzzing. <laughs> Staying in digs as well. So Staying in digs. So it was just all my own money. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> drive. So Who was the other how one? Did you, how did you get to Man U then? So I got to Man U. I 
born in Cambridge and I was playing for Cambridge schools and I think it, back in probably the same with you two when back in then schools football was a big thing so you'd play for your area team on a Saturday and then a professional club if you played for a professional club on a Sunday and I scored a lot of goals there I was played a striker at the time and just got scouted by Manchester United Ray Medwell scouted me God rest his soul he's dead now but he's a fantastic man and he took me up to Manchester for a trial and ever since then the second I got up there I absolutely loved it there's no other football club like it for making you feel welcome like everything's done so incredibly well and you you're made to feel like a million dollars so excuse me once I got there that was a place that I wanted to wanted to be I didn't want to go I was at Arsenal at the time but I never wanted to go back to Arsenal I wanted to stay at Man U after that so did you get scouted for United whilst playing at Arsenal for Cambridge so I was playing for the Cambridge schools team that's where I got scouted but I was still playing for Arsenal and training with Arsenal at the same time I know you were a bit of a homebird in terms of you, you didn't like leaving Cambridge that much. Was homesickness a big thing early doors? Yeah, when you... massively. When I first moved up in Diggs to um, to Manchester. How old are you? Sorry. 16. So I, I, I signed when I was about 15 and then I'd go up on the train at a weekend and be on the bench for the A or the B team on a Saturday and then play in my age group on the Sunday. And then once I finished school at 16, I moved up, moved into Diggs and was there full time really and that was when the, <clears throat> the first year I got really homesick and I'd be on the phone home saying to me dad can't you just sort me out at Cambridge United and I've come and <laughs> back well, you've been serious weren't yeah, you yeah yeah deadly serious yeah that was it but then you get used to it and like, I, I don't know about you guys but them scholar years are incredible isn't they that, when you crap. make yeah. friends for life really yeah. and it's, it's such a incredible time so once I got used to it I absolutely loved it loved so it. in that first six months if you could have moved to Cambridge from Manchester United you'd have snapped the hand off I, w- I think I would I think everyone would have tried to talk me out of it because yeah. obviously I had this incredible opportunity mm. of being at one of the biggest clubs in the world but at the time how I felt was I'd, I'd rather have been I, like you say I do like being at home I like being near my fr- f- uh, friends and family and so that was a massive part of it does he, um, Ben Thornley, obviously a bit before your time at United, but he told us about some initiations and, and whatnot, I running around what, the pitch. There's um, the initiation, he called it fun and games at Man United. <laughs> <laughs> and it was when he was a first year scholar, when he got up there, you'd have to, all the first, the whole of the second year, all the pros, all the first team were there, and you had to sort of do stuff. I don't want to go into it in great detail, but you'd have to get <laughs> it'd be an, skim over the top then. an initiation process where <laughs> no word of a lie, you wouldn't sleep for two weeks leading up to it. It was that scary. Like the fun and games. It used to bring terror to my mind thinking about it. Once it's done, it's <laughs> the games. best feeling in the world. But it was a, a terrible, terrible thing leading up to the fun <laughs> and games. Tell us what you had to do. One I think one thing I had to do, I was um pretending to play tennis but I had to make all the noises like a tennis player does the grunting, against, the grunting against an imaginary player <laughs> on the other side of the um, physio bench while all Ryan Giggs Nicky Barton David <laughs> Bell, when they're watching it was such a it's an awkward situation I do tend to find myself in a lot of awkward situations <laughs> to be fair, but that was, that was right up there but one, like once you do it you do feel even more part of it I think yeah. Gary so Neville. I think people have spoke about it a lot and it's not, obviously not something that goes on in this day and age but I'm sure back in the day you two have got a few stories to tell from you I think you're getting out of jail there I think, that's, I, think I could do that 
And I'm, I don't like being in them situations, <laughs> but a couple of forehands in that. Yeah, I wouldn't not, mind it. As you that. can imagine, I'm not actually telling you the exact reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm imagining you've got no clothes on. <laughs> That's what we had to do one Christmas. We were the worst Christmas singers at Christmas, so the forfeit were run round the, the first team pitch naked for three times and then at the end of it, just fucking ice buckets. Dropping. Pardon? Dropping the ice bucket. No, they were fucking thrown at us. So that we were running around. All the canteen staff are there as well watching. And obviously Christmas carols, December. That fucking weather doesn't do a lot for you, one would. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then ten minutes later, they're serving you jacket to 80, And they're just singing around the pitch with no fucking gear on. <laughs> I remember watching you, Shadi. I think you were playing in the under-19s. It was at the cliff. And I'd have been in the under-13s or something. And everybody was saying... The next the Beckham. Man. The next Beckham. Yeah, and you were unbelievable like that that day that I watched you. But yeah, I don't think I don't think you played in the first team then. No, that would probably would have been, that was when it was the under sevens, under seventeens, and under nineteens. Yeah. I would imagine that would have been the under nineteens. Always played at the cliff. Oh, thanks for your kind words. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> but you said like you 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 felt out of place. You weren't as good a player as some of the but. You get brought into the first team in 2099 into that squad. That's like just after the treble winning season, isn't it? Yes, I think it would have been... So you must have been doing all right. Yeah, yeah. Like I was always quite confident in playing football, of being quite a good footballer. It's more the other stuff that goes with it in terms of, I just ain't cut out to be a superstar. I don't <laughs> <laughs> so you feel uncomfortable walking around the Trafford Centre? Yeah, that sort of thing. I would feel real uncomfortable about it I just wouldn't like doing it I'd stay in the stay in my flat a lot and not really do that sort of thing because I just didn't I just didn't like it and didn't feel comfortable with see, it see I know one man around this table who would have loved that oh I'd have gone out with me kit <laughs> <laughs> did Ferguson pick up on it do you know did, did they say that you were you weren't coming out your shell a lot and you didn't like that side of it was there any, anything done to help you no not really I think I mean that's that's what football was. I think it's changed now for the better, which is absolutely brilliant. But I think all them sort of things, if you're doing well on the pitch, that's all that really matters. Because I was doing quite well. And it was up to me to go and seek someone to speak to, I think. I think it's hard to... Because that's what I was like. I'm a, I was a real quiet lad. I never went out my way to really build loads of relationships. I got on well enough with everyone, but I weren't... I'd always be quite quiet, sit in a dressing room. Didn't know what to... I wouldn't really like pipe up and say much in front of all these the big stars that played there at the time who else was in your youth team was that so, Greenan and that so Jono would have been a couple of years older Wes Brown and Richie Wellens would have been the ones that really had good careers that were the year above me and John O'Shea was the same year as me obviously had a fantastic career tell us that one about your, your contract going in you don't have to mention figures but I've told it on the on it before <laughs> when you got uh, did you stitch the other lads up or something? Like I didn't stitch anyone. I'd say all I'd done is what I always do is tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I was doing quite well at the time, played a few games and got called in to be offered a new contract. So I, did, I got offered a contract. I, mean, I didn't have an, an agent or anything like that. So I went, I went back down, said something to a few people. They said, oh, you, you ought to ask for more than that. I said, oh, I'm not going to ask him for more, am I? <laughs> so then he called me back up and I said... Well, this with Alex Ferguson, did he do the contract? With the manager, yeah. yeah. And I said, um, there's another player that I played with. In, I was in the England under-21s at the time. I said, he's, um, 
It's just I feel like I'm, I'm as good as him and he's earning this amount. He goes, oh, well, we'll give you that amount then. So I thought, okay. So he said, go away and think, and think about it. So I went back out and I spoke to one of the players, like one of the senior players at the time. And I said, oh, let my agent lawyer sort it out for you. They'll sort it out. So ended up the him going to do that. Next thing I know, I get a call and it's like, I've won the bloody lottery. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a really good deal at the time. Deserved though, if you're that age and, and playing in the well, first team. Yeah, well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing well, but not quite yeah. that well. <laughs> but, um, so was, the lads were, obviously there's a few lads that were doing a similar sort of thing to me in the squad a lot of the time, maybe not was coming on as much. So I, um, they asked me what I was getting. So I told them and they said, oh, flipping out and rubbing their hands together. So they called in one at a time about theirs and they asked for the same thing. <laughs> and then I saw the manager walking through the corridor and he just gave me sort of a look and a point as if to say, what have you done here? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking, fucking killed me. Yeah. <laughs> Did he mention it? No, oh, no. It, just it was a, just a look. Yeah, just, uh, that just was a enough. look. That was more than enough. More than enough. <laughs> was it scary? He was one of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. He'd make you run through it. You'd want to it'd be the one person that you'd want to impress. Mm. The one person, you, if he said, well done to you, done well, you'd, it made you feel on top of the world. You'd never have a feeling like it at all. It was incredible the aura he had around him and like the way he'd treat everyone at the club with so much respect. Obviously, if you crossed him or you weren't doing what you needed to do, he'd let you know that. But he was one of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. I've had the pleasure of meeting. So if you, you know, like uh, if you're walking down the corridor and you see him, you're thinking, "I'll just nip in this room so I don't have to meet him on the corridor." Or yeah, he'd have that. You'd try, try and stay away from him as much as you could. You unless you, if you were doing well, then maybe. But like, <laughs> tap him on shoulder. Morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well done, love. And there's one time when I was sort of on my way. I weren't going to break through at Man United, and the manager wanted me to go on loan to Cardiff because I, uh, I think Lenny Lawrence was a manager and mm. obviously the manager and him were good friends but my wife was pregnant at the time with our first child so we wanted to get closer home so I had the opportunity to go to Reading which is not that much closer to home but <laughs> a little bit closer it was 40 minutes maybe. so it, he's I saw him that morning he, he had the hump with me because he wanted me to go to Cardiff so I went down to Reading and obviously I was on a good contract at the time and I sort of went down without his blessing, met in a room with Alan Pardew and Alan, uh, the gaff, Alan Pardew said, oh, the man, the, the gaff has tried to phone me up, obviously, Sir Alex. Yeah. So Pardew was on the phone to Sir Alex and his face just dropped and like, I could just hear a raised voice speaking to Pards. And it was Sir Alex. And then he like, didn't even say, oh, like, the manager must have just hung up. And he's put the phone down. He said, well, so what he's saying is, he said, you're more than welcome to sign here. But obviously Reading could only afford to pay half the wages. So it was either go to Reading for half the money or go to Cardiff. So to be fair, I took the deal at Reading. I took half my money. But one of the reasons I did that is so I didn't have to go back to Manchester. <laughs> and get told off by the gaffer. <laughs> that was you done that? 
No, so that so then what happened? I was on loan at Reading for the rest of that season, and then I went back. I still had a couple of years left of my contract at Man United, so I went back, and he for pre-season. I was still so worried about this whole situation because I've not seen or heard from him. <laughs> not slept all summer. But then um, he spoke to me and he said, "Like I've got so much respect for what you've done there, like as if to because you gave up just to play football, yeah. you, you weren't." You didn't just go there. So for did the Manuel not met the other half up then? No, no. Oh. So I just got. So if you'd have gone to Cardiff, they'd have paid the other half. Yeah, they we would have all. But, but but he's basically said, well, you can go to Reading, but we're not paying the other yeah. half of your wages. Yeah. But then he, he did um, say that he's got a lot of respect for doing that. Yeah, I don't and think I'd like, have done that. No. Nah. Well, you wouldn't have dropped half your money. No. In hindsight, now that I'm skint, I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> Falling <laughs> 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 back in Sirali, is there any chance? Do you know that? Do you know that five months' money that I uh, waver? Is there any chance of getting back, please? <laughs> Saying all that though, they did look after. Obviously, I left there, and they did look after me fantastically well. The way that they treated me as a player and after leaving a club was, they do obviously do things properly at a club like that. It's mad though because you were you were in the squad. You were like you say you were coming on and making an impact and stuff. But do you think it was your self lack of self belief that got yeah. to the point where you? Because I was always quite, I was always confident enough on the pitch. I think it's more the other side. I think a big problem I had when I come through and when you probably saw me play as a under nineteen on the cliff, I was really really fast. And then towards the end of the first season, I had a problem with my groin and pelvis, which resulted in having an operation. And when I come back, I just weren't as quick. I'd sort of lost that half yard and because I never probably put the effort in I should have done in the gym and that all I ever wanted to do was play football so I didn't really do the other stuff enough so I was never the same player really to go and or had that special quality that can get you in the door of a world class team so do you think you were half worried about being too good then you think you was half worried about being too good to be one of the superstars who played at Man United for 10 years um I don't know, I, I, I can't say I ever thought about that. I don't think I would have been comfortable with it. So you, you don't think you'd have ever got to the point where it was just the norm? No, I don't think so. I don't think I ever would have, no. So do you think <clears throat> becoming a footballer, footballer, stop you becoming a good footballer? Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. Becoming the footballer, the character, the, the superstar, stop you becoming the best footballer as a player that you could have been? Because bear in mind, there's a lot of people coming through now who love that side of it more than the actual football. They love the... I play, I play for my I play football, oh, yeah. I'm a footballer. I'm the, I love the walking around the Trafford Centre getting noticed and love the materialistic things. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to answer that, really. I'm not sure... Because I don't... I wouldn't like to say it ever held me back on the pitch. What I was was what I was. I mean, yeah. I'm saying that because I had that operation. I weren't as fast. I still... Nothing to say if I was as fast. I still, yeah. I mean, I only played what 30 odd games throughout my time there, so there's nothing to say if I was really quick. I still would have got past David Beckham and played regularly. I can't, it's hard. I wouldn't imagine that would have happened, to be honest with you, but I don't know. It's hard to. What were the answer. other, what were the, the big hitters like with the young lads coming through? Like the key in that? Incredible. Like Roy King was an incredible captain with everyone. Like, obviously, he was, he drove standards like so much in training in that respect if you weren't on it he'd tell you if you, it was tough 
if he was on it, he'd rather not be on his team in a small side because if you weren't on it, you could get told all sorts. But he looked after all the young lads. Like, he was an incredible captain, incredible man. Did he ever have an off day? Did he ever think, fucking hell, he's not, he's not, he's not, but he's having, he's having a bad day, Roy? In terms of sometimes he'd give the ball away a bit more than other days, but he'd never have an off day in terms of Trying he weren't 100% yeah. committed and working as hard as he can. It's but, hard to argue with him when, it's, when that's the case, isn't it? Yeah, you, 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 you can't it, say you tossed it off last week or when he's always. Yeah, and I think if you are a leader like that, you have to be on it all the time yeah. because obviously you're going to get that frame back in your face. Were they close, Sir Alex and Keane, in terms of that, that captain manager relationship? I think they they just had the right blend where Roy would be in charge of the dressing room when the manager weren't in there, and he'd drive standards. But even then, if you were training out at Carrington training would be at an incredible tempo but as soon as you looked over your shoulder and saw the manager come out it used to raise another five ten percent just by people seeing that he was coming out to watch yeah. training because it's matter it's just all gone sour now them two yeah yeah you know he's made a few choice comments hasn't he about just let, let it go Roy I think I don't know if he's just doing that for his new career in being that way controversial so what, did the manager... Luke's keeping quiet. He's at MUTV <laughs> regular now. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus. No. So how, how often would the manager be out then for training? When you it, said sometimes he'd come out. He'd and... be out every day, but sometimes it sort of come out a bit later. So whoever the coaches were, Steve McLaren or Carlos Quiros would be doing the session, part of the session, and the, the manager might come out a bit later. Mm. But when he did come out later, you just it, the standard would go from incredible to just through the roof. Yeah. We used to be buzzing when the gaffer wasn't in. You know, like on a Tuesday morning or Roy something. Keane. Just anybody, any oh. manager. If the manager's not in, it's like a, a thingy teacher at school, isn't it? Supply teacher. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can take it easy today, lads. Yeah, a little bit. What's the biggest bollocking you, you saw him give? In, to me. Just in general. There was a few where he'd sort of. I think, to be fair, when I was in, he'd sort of calmed a bit from what he was in his early days at the club. I mean, I'll tell you a story. We had a Christmas do, and it was a. Tuesday night we had to have it because obviously there's so many games around that time there was a reserve game on the Wednesday and he's, I was playing in the reserves and he was made clear no reserve players were to go out so I was desperate to go out <laughs> <laughs> so I said to a couple of lads what we'll do I'll just go out but I'll say that I drove out and I was just driving you boys around so you didn't get taxis or anything like that so I went out and then that night there was a bit of of a scuffle there was a bit of friction there was some fights going on and that sort of thing at the Christmas do went back in the next day and the manager was going mad and he seen me and he said you were out two weeks wages like he'd lost his head and it was the same day that every season at Man United they have a Christmas dinner so the um, the staff served the, the food to, the, to, the, players, players. to the players so the manager was going around and he saw me and he had a bowl of soup in his hands. And he slapped it down on the table. He said, that's the most expensive bowl of soup you'll ever eat. <laughs> so what are you drinking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was one. I'd say there's another story. There was one time where I, I'd just broke into the tea. I didn't get told off about this because I told a little white lie to get myself out of it. Sometimes you've got to. So I was, I was just come back from Belgium and I got myself, I got quite an addictive personality and I got myself addicted to watching Big Brother. 
I've been so, rehabbed for months. <laughs> Big Brother 2's on. I don't know if anyone remembers you've this. Got, you've got as deep as Big Brother 2. Brian Dowling was the eventual winner. <laughs> so, on E4, they used to have the live feed. And I've somehow got myself into a routine of just watching it through the night. Like most of the time, all the contestants are asleep. I'm just watching, just in case someone, someone says something controversial. So what's happened is, I'm watching it till about, I don't know, three, four in the morning. I got in a bad place with Big Brother. My wife was, my girlfriend at the time was working at the airport, so she was working shift. She come home and said, Luke, what are you doing? I said, what are you on about? It was half 10. I should have been at training half an hour ago and I just overslept. And I absolutely shit So what I had to do, I phoned my mum up. I said, Mum, you're going to have to phone up Carrington and say, Hayley, my missus, has had a fall. <laughs> so you've even got your mum to lie I've got with. my mum and I've said, I've had to take Hayley. So I thought, it's all going to blow over. <laughs> Gone in the next day. Unbelievably, the first person I see is a gaffer. He goes... How's your, how's your girlfriend? Is she all right? I went, yeah, she just fell on her wrist. I said, it's, it's not broken. <laughs> but then I couldn't drive at the time, so Miss had to take me everywhere. So we were games for the next three weeks. I used to make her wear a tube grip on her <laughs> so, so we could stick to the story. <laughs> and so the most scared I've ever been. <laughs> I can't, believe you were, I can't believe you were up till four o'clock watching people yeah, sleep on that. Watching Brian Dowling fart. Occasionally, yeah. You'd hear a fart and you'd be mad. <laughs> but it were, it were worth it. Yeah, yeah. It were worth it. It's all worthwhile. <laughs> Imagine that. Gaffer, I meant to go to the Priory. Why? I can't stop watching Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> the month when it's on, you just check his head into the Priory. Yeah. Are you on the Love Island then? Are you addicted to that? No, I'm trying to wean myself off of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get too into it, Chris. <laughs> it's killing you. It's, it's too emotional. There's two a year on that. Yeah, it's killing yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who was the most talented player at United while you were there? I think everyone says the same. Paul Scholes was yeah. so... Like, he could just do everything. Like, he could... The way he could strike a ball, he could dominate a, like a possession session he could just play one touch and still look head and shoulders obviously all the players were incredible but he just seemed to have a little like eyes in the back of his head he was incredible incredible player you know when Scrolls. Ronaldo come in no I think they brought him in to replace me yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll never talk about him <laughs> we had similar attributes <laughs> to be fair though Scholes is a bit like the way that you were isn't it because he just totally Blanked the other mm. side of it, yeah. From his life, didn't he? Really? Never did interviews or out, did he? Yeah. So obviously, it's possible to be that superstar and and just totally yeah. disengage from it when you're away from the pitch. Yeah. On the other, f on the flip side, was there anybody there? You know, the signed Jemba Jemba and all that. Was that your era, Cleberson and and all that? That was. I remember I went on tour to America with a club when Jemba Jemba had just signed. But that was sort of. I was just on my way out permanently then. So. I didn't spend much time with Cleverson or Jemba Jemba. Because he signed some gold, didn't he? But he also signed some shite. No? You've all gone quiet there. Jemba Jemba. Jemba Jemba, Cleverson. There was that Bebby. That was, I think that was after your time. There was a few yeah. big names that come in. That, like Veron. 
and Forlan that never really produced to the to match the price as well. I know what you're saying about the them younger lads that. Yeah. Well, if you're signing ten players, they're not all going to come in and be no. incredible, are they? No, no. You're going to have a couple of shite along the way, aren't you? Mm. I had the pleasure of training and playing with Verona a couple of times, and although he never really set the Premier League alight, he was incredible. Yeah. Like in training sessions, now he had so much talent. Why didn't he make them? I don't know. It's just a. It's a he likes a little bit more time on the ball. I think. I think when he's really effective in international football, he seems to drop off as that real deep line midfielder and sort of find passes from there. I, just, I don't know if it was all going on around him too much in the Premier League. Too quick for him. Yeah, it's hard to say because, like the talent he had, he could stand out mm. in that Man United was he, team. Was he at his peak as well when he signed for United, or was he getting on a bit? <clears throat> I don't think. I think he was sort of twenty eight, twenty nine. I believe. I think he was that sort of age. Did you meet? You know, when you signed for Redden and you, and you moved on, did you regret anything? You know, you said about being in the gym, you didn't do all your work and stuff and whatever. Was there anything that you looked back and thought, I, I shouldn't I have watched a series to a Big Brother? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no regrets about Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, the only regret I've got in my life is not doing school properly and educating, getting good qualifications at school. Like my whole football career... Like, don't get me wrong, there's loads of ups and downs, some great moments, some not so good moments, but I've loved it. I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything from my football career, I don't think. Mm. I'm happy with I'm happy to have been a footballer and have lived the dream for 17, 18, 19 years, whatever it was. And got a and got a Premier League winners medal along the way. Where is it? Where is your medal? It's it's at home, it's just sort of tucked away in a drawer. See, that is, I were hoping yeah. you were just gonna pull it out of your pocket. <laughs> like, there, no. there it is, Chris. You sometimes see it on a. Just um, the jacket. <laughs> the only time you'd probably see me with it on is Vodka Revolution in Cambridge on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> only where it's sat is on, in Vodka yeah. Rev. <laughs> there must have been. I mean, there must have been stories that somehow got swept under the carpet. I don't, you're not telling, but you don't have to tell them. But there must have been like stories within the group where so and so's done this, and we all need to keep it quiet. You know what I mean? Like the Christmas duels and the same as you said about the scuffling and stuff like that. I just gave you the biggest scoop about Hayley's wrist. At the <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was, but it's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> when it came to leaving them, were you were you sad to be going or did you feel that it did you feel you had more to give at United? No, was no, it- I think it, my time there was up. I was sort of quite pleased to get away I'll come to sign for West Ham when I've left there permanently so I was back down south living back at home in Cambridge with a, my family my missus had my, our first child then so it was it was good to good to be back in my local area I think I was quite yeah. it was definitely my time to leave there was nothing nothing left to give was there a bit of relief then that it was a kind of realisation that you weren't going to be a superstar. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a drawn-out process because my last couple of years at United, I was sort of on loan, so I weren't really in and amongst mm. the first team anyway. So it's sort of a prolonged period of exit process, as it were, and it just sort of came to an end. Who signed you at West Ham? Alan Pardew. He was the same at Reading Ham. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Because yeah. he hasn't really popped up, has he? I know Semi spoke a bit about him, but how did you get on with him? He's really good manager. Like knew how to speak to people, got the best out of people. Good systems that he set his teams up with. It's incredible how he come back at West Ham, where it's a real tough environment at West Ham when things ain't going well, and the fans had completely turned on the team on him. And the way he come back and got them promoted that season is something that I've, I've never seen before from a manager. To come back from that sort of pressure and then deliver promotion was incredible. Because normally the writing's on the wall, isn't it? Once yeah, you sort of know, yeah, you sort of know when it's going to happen. But I can't remember. So were they struggling then? During the season, then he's, they've gone on a run or something? Yeah, we sort of slipped back down to mid-table and then I think ended up just getting the last playoff spot before playing Ipswich in the semi-finals, who finished third... And then beating them and then beating... It was at Cardiff, the final, beating Preston. Bobby Zamora scored to get up to the Premier League. Did you play? No. (laughs) 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 You're back in the Prem then, with West Ham? Back in the Prem for probably two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And then I went off to Stoke on loan. West Ham signed Yossi Benayin. I don't know if you remember Israeli yeah, international. Yeah. He played in the same position. And again, story of my life. Unfortunately, he was a lot better than me at football. So <laughs> I ended up going out to going up to Stoke with Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis. No, I went actually went up there with Johan Boskamp, who was a Belgian manager. Oh, so I think somebody's... we've had loads of people asking about him. Was he a wrong one? He was. He was a big, big guy, like a big in size and big personality was he actually knew me he signed me because he knew me for my days when I was on loan at Antwerp I think he was manager of Genk at the time who I played against a couple of times and it was it was all good to start with but then there was it all sort of kicked off between him and another Belgian guy who was assistant manager and it got to a point where they didn't talk to each other so there was like there was a go between between the manager and the assistant it all just got a bit I don't know, you know John Rudge? Yes, Rudge. absolutely brilliant guy. He yeah. was in charge, but he didn't know what to do. So in the end, <laughs> they both of them went, and then Tony Pulis come back in, and I mean, what a guy he is. Yeah. Did them two come together then? Did, did he bring them as together. his Yeah, they brought them in together. Then something, I don't know what it was that happened, but they just fell out, and they just wouldn't speak to each other. <laughs> <laughs> they had to speak to them both separately. <laughs> you check, you're speaking to the assistant, you have to see the manager weren't coming. <laughs> Yeah, it was a real strange situation. That's mad, isn't it? The yeah, assistant well, manager and the manager's not on speaking There's no terms. relationship work. So obviously friends to start with, then there was this no relationship. I wonder what went on. God knows. Were you at Burnley for, for a bit before that as well? In terms of banter, Burnley was, without a doubt, the best season I've ever had in yeah. football. They had Stan Turnant, who was in charge, and he was an incredible character. Sam Ellis was the assistant, and again, he was a great guy. And then there was the likes of Glenn Little, Robbie Blake, Tony Grant. Mm. It was just uh, Ian Moore. 
it was just a great squad and it was just a really it was a proper old school like we'd go down to London and we'd get some beers for the on the coach on the way but the proper lads boys would have beers I'd have a couple of bottles of WKD <laughs> <laughs> it was just a real <laughs> smell off ice if you want yeah it was a real like a real fun season I mean we just escaped relegation <laughs> <laughs> so it weren't successful but we're fucking good for that went, um, went on... so did going to Burnley bring you out your shell a bit yeah, de- yeah definitely because obviously it was more you're not involved with world class play it was a bit more relaxed and that sort of thing so definitely I remember I got my hair bleached white when I was there I think that's a one reason I didn't get it done very expensively I think that's one of the reasons why I'm bald now <laughs> <laughs> I think it burned the, the straight through my scalp <laughs> <laughs> but I got my hair bleached white and Stan was big mates with um, the gaffer the manager Sir Alex and then he goes, oh, I'm going to tell him. He goes, I'm going to tell him what you've done to your hair. <laughs> He's like, I said, just leave it, Stan. I said, there's no need to tell anyone anything. <laughs> you don't think he would have noticed. I'm telling you He come through. He goes, he's on the phone. He wants to speak to you. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, what the fucking hell have you done? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. I thought, like, absolutely. I thought, I'm going to have to go back to the hairdressers. Going to dye it back to the normal colour of <laughs> Imagine yeah. that, you're on the, the, the Sir Alex Ferguson's giving you a bollocking because you've had your hair Over the phone as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the fuck have you done? Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine uh, Sir Alex having beers on the buzz on the way home. No, no, there was nothing nothing like that there. We used to have a Marks and Spencer's pizza in the oven at the back. Oh, Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> nothing but the best. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that must have been complete, like... Shock to the system, getting to Burnley, stand turn and have a few beers, boys. Yeah, it was, well. it, it was completely different. It's, it's all part of, I wouldn't say I loved it any more than enjoyment of playing football at Man United. It's just all part of a different experience, I think. The whole yeah. the whole journey, isn't it? You, you just go on a journey, didn't yeah. you, throughout your career. You can see why he's probably enjoyed it more at Burnley, though. Yeah. For that reason, you know, a bit more relaxed. Mm. You can get the beers on the bus and you can better car- get, like get away with stuff, can't you? Yeah. But uh, we've heard a few stories about Tony P- Pulis. It was tough. Like, it was so... It was quite... Reg- I don't know if Boring. you agree. Yeah, it's quite regimented. Yeah. But similar to Sir Alex Ferguson, in a way where you'd want to run through a brick wall for the man. Yeah. He was an incredible person. He'd look after you as a, a man more than a footballer, I think. He'd always try and do the right mm. thing by you. And if you worked hard for him... He'd go out his way yeah. to do anything for you, that's for sure. So when you're at Stoke then, is it all the family in Cambridge? Yeah, they moved back down. We did have a little place in Alton, where Alton Towers is. So I can't oh, believe yeah. I didn't like it there. It's perfect. <laughs> You'd have been addicted to the rides, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah. We're, we're, we're going on again. again. Yeah. We're going on again. Dad, can we just leave it? We're going on again. Chad Wick's not turning to training again. Seven times on Nemesis. <laughs> Mr. Chowett, this is the 14th time you're on the ride consecutively. <laughs> yeah, we had a lovely place there, but then I, they sort of we all moved back and then I'd just travel up. I didn't like Stoke was a really good club. It just weren't feasible at the time in terms of I wanted to be around my young family and it was just too much travelling. Mm. Who's the Jerry Taggart though? Because we've had, we've had him on? No. Yeah, he was. Was he? Yeah, he, nah. he was just sort of doing a bit of. <laughs> Coming to the end of his playing career yeah. and doing a bit of coaching, but he was there. Dave Brammer was there. Steve Simonson mentioned mm. earlier. Simo. Michael Dewberry, John Halls, Peter Sweeney. It was a good 
Good group of lads, yeah. yeah. Really enjoyable. Did you ever get the Tony uh, as a family? You know, when you're getting dropped, you always love that one. Arm round. Arm round. Parky, how's the family? You know, I know I'm not playing tomorrow. <laughs> the family's fine. I'll, I'll be up. I'm no problem. I'll be up next week. <laughs> Funny you should say that. I've got that every Friday after training. <laughs> I think you're very concerned about my family. To define Tony. Just let me play. <laughs> exactly the same as they were last week. Is there any chance I can play tomorrow? That was his, that was his one. Parky, how's the family? Oh, I'm not fucking playing. Great guy. Great guy. So, are you already at Norwich when? No, Chaddy. Right. I don't know when you signed, but you were there before me, weren't you? Yeah, I signed probably, I'd say probably about two, three months before Chris. I signed on loan. Oh, so not for, not too far before. No, no, I went. Yeah. I signed on loan from Stoke, and I played my debut against Ipswich in like the East Anglian Ooh, derby. The big one. Scored at Portman Road for happy days. End of the game, I remember getting shoved in the back gone off the pitch I went oh I'm winded here sort of got rid of that pain my shoulder had popped out as well so I'm trying to get my shoulder back in the joint Adam Drury come over and said don't look down so I made it look down I could just see the bone sticking out my knee oh. <laughs> I'd gone in there so it was a a horrible a great debut but turned into a night I ended up being in hospital for three nights at Ipswich they thought the knee was infected it was um, a terrible start to my Norwich career and after that I never really got myself fit enough to get going I remember also getting the old stretcher bearers were there and they sort of half tipped me and I was coming off the stretcher and I was like gripping on. I was like upside down. Is Norwich travelable from here then or did you move to Norwich? No, I travel from Norwich. It's not, um, it went a great journey but it's a lot more manageable than Stoke. So, when I signed there, I was thought it was a little bit closer than what it was really. <laughs> <laughs> you're not on the Google Maps no oh, no for fuck's sake they, I early doors from speaking to you because I, I, I think that's when I knew about the Cambridge that you're a bit of a home bird you just wanted to play for Cambridge yeah I've always wanted to I am a bit and most players that play with me will probably say the same thing I am a bit strange <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the typical footballer so um, my, my dream was always to play for Cambridge I always used to uh, when I was a kid, I used to put the Cambridge kit on and just go out in the garden or in the living room and just fantasise for playing for Cambridge for hours <laughs> on end. It was mad. Like I say, I'm pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, when you were out now to Cambridge. But that was, that was always, always my dream. And obviously at Norwich, Dion Dublin was there as well at the time. And he was like one of my big heroes when I was a kid. So it was like a dream come true to be in the same <laughs> squad as Dion. And of course, Chris in his own little way. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed my time there though it is a, a like a brilliant football club like I said when I went there I was on loan and got this like quite a serious injury on my debut and never really come back for another nine ten months but they still stuck by what they said and signed me even though they didn't have to because yeah. I was on loan here. although I did never really got anything going at Norwich personally they, it is a fantastic football club I don't know if you'd agree they, yeah. they look after people properly there good social life well I did. we had a couple of nights out didn't we you stayed up a couple of times in and around Norwich. Mm. Yeah, to be when because I lived a fair distance away, I'd uh, when I come up from Cambridge and I stayed over there might be in a game or something. I'd either stay at Chris's or Gary Dockett's house because they were the two single lads that had nice places. <laughs> there was after one incident where I decided that I'd always stay at Gary Dockett's house. <laughs> I was staying at Chris's and I was in the spare room. He was playing his computer or whatever he does with his earphones on talking to whoever from wherever (laughs) 
And then I thought it was about two o'clock in the morning, got myself to sleep. So I had the door open. Then I'm sort of open one eye, and Brownie's just stood there. I'm thinking, what on earth's happening here? <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just turns and walks back out again. And he tells me the next morning he's got a history of sleepwalking. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I stayed at his house after that, I'd wedge my bed <laughs> against the door so it's impossible for anyone to get in. <laughs> I've never been so scared in my life. <laughs> you introduced us to peanut butter and jam. Well, I've just been away to America. I like um, sampling different cuisines from the world. <laughs> Honestly, just lathered. Peanut butter and peanut jam. It is That's nice. Right. He's um, decent. Are you addicted to it? No, I'd like, like the big brother, wean myself. Did <laughs> <laughs> you, you come across the Norwich twins? We've heard we've, they've popped up a few times. Norwich twins. I don't remember them. Identical twins. Well, I say identical. One's one's a Norwich fan. One's an Ipswich fan. And they always used to get in the VIP upstairs. I think I think I vaguely remember. Yeah. They used to turn out in the Under Armour um, skin tight things. Band, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, I do, yeah, I do think I remember. Yeah. Yeah, there's some strange folk. Same dance. You just, just bob the head in the, <laughs> mi- in the middle of the dance floor. Different shirts on. Yeah. Not that, one had a white underarm, the other one had a black one. <laughs> <laughs> just take it in turns, flip it for the but, week after. But they used to, you'd always see them together, but when they fell out, one would walk five yards in front of the other <laughs> and just march about the town. Where is that place we always used to go? Mercy. Mercy, you'd be on Upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great days. You must have been out for a while then, with an E. Yeah, I think it was a good nine months before I got myself properly fit. It was a strange one, because it was like a cut, and they stitched it all back up then, but then the swelling had never, wouldn't go down for months on end. It was a it was a nightmare. Not If you get a cruciate or an injury like that, you sort of know the time span of how you're going to get back, because it was just a, a waiting game, really, because the swelling just didn't ever seem to go down. I reckon I was probably there about... 18 months all in? Something about 18 months to two years, but probably only played about 20 odd games altogether there, I think. It was a real spell of being on the sidelines and not playing much football. So you were happy when MK come in? But I was at a stage then where I'd sort of spoke to the, my agent and said, sort of hand-picked, said, can you speak to MK because it's so close to me house. Lovely stadium. Somebody came down to at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, that's what happens, though. When you get yeah. to a, a certain age, you just like, just get us. I want something reasonable, drivable. Yeah, you're getting closer to Cambridge. Yeah, exactly. And it was so. Um, it was obviously brand new. I just quite like the idea of it. Saw the stadium on the TV looked incredible, and like yeah. MK was I had a brilliant time. Probably the longest I spent in my career. Where I was fit most of the time, and really, really enjoyed myself at Milton MK Dons. It was a fantastic time. Five, yeah. six seasons, I think yeah. I was there, yeah. Play with Alan Smith? Smudgy, yeah, Smithy was there. He was there for probably a season and a half while I was there. I played, used to play with, obviously he signed for Man United just as I was leaving. And we played a few games together in the Young England teams as well. Yeah. Smithy, like, he'd go out of that, but he never he didn't drink tea yeah, totals. I was, was going to say. I saw, him in, I saw him in Dublin when he was at Newcastle. And he had a, a woolen... Cardigan on, woolen hat. He looked a bit drinking like, a tea. Were you, were you there? Yeah, he looked a bit like uh, Kenny off South Park, didn't he? he had a big good and all. Uh, drinking tea. Yeah, he's so never, he, I don't think he's he ever lost, drunk. He lost us then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've not been a big fan of him since then. <laughs> Paul Ince manager. Paul Ince, yeah. He was um, 
Pullins used to be one of my favourite players growing up, so I was absolutely never meet your heroes. No, no, I loved him. It, I think it was, it was trouble with Paul Ince. With Ince was that he used to join in training, and it's probably similar. I think I've heard the stories about Zola. He was so much better than the rest of us, <laughs> and I think that sort of frustrated him a bit. That people, oh, the first session he ever took, he joined in. We were playing small-sided games, and he was about to take a shot, and I come sliding in from nowhere and absolutely wiped him out. And I thought, <laughs> oh, what have I done? And he's just lying there, and I thought, I've hurt him. Here. And he turned, like, sort of rolled over. He's got a big grin on his face. He went, I fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, training was real. He just loved it being a battle, everything like that. He was, um, I loved him. I think his standards were probably so high for lower league clubs. because he, high. Maybe because he was such so a world-class good. player. I'll tell you one story with... Um, Paul Lynch was playing Gillingham and they went down to 10 men and we still ended up um, we drew 2-2 and Jermaine Jermaine Easter had missed an easy chance like being the gaffer was going into one after the game saying my daughter could have scored that <laughs> and Jermaine kept saying we'll get her in then <laughs> <laughs> and the gaffer like lost his head and said right you lot outside we all went and stood outside until he was changed went back in and we went into um, training on um, Monday morning. The kit man had a little tiny kid's top made up and it said number eight ints on it. Like a kid's <laughs> one. And put it in Jermaine's plate. <laughs> that was <decent> bad, <laughs> Was there a um, Huddersfield VMK in a playoff game? Was there a big scrap? That was everyone run on a like they won the semi final and everyone run on the pitch after the game like their fans and I think a few of the lads got a couple of digs. Did you get involved? No, because I sprinted straight off. But <laughs> 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 the fastest you moved all game. Yeah. I was in the dressing room when the final whistle went, looking out the window. What's happening out there? <laughs> yeah, I think Smudge actually was involved in that. I think Smudge got like a few people tried to give him a whack. I'm pretty sure he would have given him a whack back. Anyway. Yeah. Will Brown would have been there. He's been on. Semi. Right. Last week. Yeah. yeah, the good bunch of Albie was a great lad. He was loved organising stuff like nights out and that sort of thing. He was big on that. But he was like real good in the dressing room. Good player to have in the dressing room. Semi as well. Good lad. Were you playing the game with the, the heel of God? Yeah, against Wimbledon when he yeah. scored. Yeah, he turned himself into a legend in Wimbledon. <laughs> but I swear to God he didn't mean it. He killed himself because he said that he didn't mean it. Yeah, he, just he got should have claimed it. Claim it but yeah. he said, ah, it did look on. on the TV, it looks like a, a world-class finish. Like, he did mean it. But... Did Bullard go there for a bit? <laughs> but yeah, Jimmy Bullard, I think he was struggling a lot with his knees at the time. He yeah. still see that he was a... Like, He'd been a fine player, but I think he was just... You almost said world-class then, didn't you? In a real back. No. No. <laughs> fine player. It's not, it's not all about you, this. Shut up. He's very good. I think he's just really struggling with his, yeah. with his knees at that stage. Did he come in and he, was he what you thought he would be? Was a character? Yeah, probably. Um, well, I remember the lads saying they went out on... Um, a night out because had the darts at Stadium MK, so they were going to go for a few beers and do that. And Jimmy could just had could get in someone's head if like if he started bantering someone, and that was them done for the night because you know that he'd ruin them. Yeah, and we had a big, big centre half Scottish guy called Gary McKenzie, 
and he said early doors <clears throat> Jimmy started having like saying stuff about his jumper so Gary said well it was just going to ruin my night so he just got a taxi home got changed then come back out <laughs> <laughs> nip it in the bud nip it in the bud early <laughs> where did you collapse as a vodka revolution on <laughs> no yeah that was, that was a scary scary at Stoke we were playing South End on the first out of season. It was boiling hot. And that week, we'd had these nutrition people come in where we were getting all, you know, like the protein, all different stuff, like different. We had about five different drinks Tablets that we were to drink shit. at different times. So on the night before the game, I was sort of being sick in the hotel in South End. I don't know if it was one of the stuff I'd taken. And then in the warm up, I was being sick. And then it was boiling hot that day. And then I was just running around. At half time, everyone's saying, Your back looks so red, like bordering on purple red. <laughs> and I just went back out for the second half. And then I don't remember, the next thing I know, I was in an ambulance. I sort of passed out. And they'd like done all tests on my heart and all that sort of thing, but the heart was all fine. So I think it was like dehydration. But I said, It's real strange to be dehydrated and be sort of passed out for, I think it was like 11, 12 minutes or something. So I vaguely remember it. That nutrition drinks. I'll tell you, they, 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 put, they, they give you so much shit in that. Just It's all bollocks. It, is, it really is all I bollocks. Like, I like just chucking a grenade in his direction and let them go off. It's fucking crap. Just water. You're right with water and Jaffa cakes and jelly, <laughs> jelly babies. Jaffa cakes. Huh? It's a no diagnosis, nothing. Just, well, they just said you must have been thirsty. Dehydration, yeah. <laughs> a little bit thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> You'd run about that much first half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in the hospital overnight and then um, I went back up to Stoke Sunday night and we were playing Derby at home on Tuesday and a gaffer pulled me in Tony Tony pulled me in and said oh, I really want you to play <laughs> and I said oh, okay, alright <laughs> and I played and I got an elbow in the head after about seven minutes I had all pissing blood out the side of the head and then the doctor had to say I'd had a terrible start to the season <laughs> That's just typically him. Yeah. Like, I know you've collapsed and you've been out of it for but that, 11 that, that, That's him as well, because, it, because he'd said it to you, you think, because you've asked him, yeah, I'm going to have to play now. <laughs> like, unconscious for 11 minutes on the Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Spent a night in hospital, but you couldn't play for me, could you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no bother at all, no problem. <laughs> all right, so you said that Luke was one of the lowest maintenance players yeah. you played with. Not yeah. asked. No. Just, just everything. Happened. His physique was horrific. I caught one of the best calls in football. <laughs> <laughs> Every day he'd get his top off and just have a tense up. His little derby. Funny. Well, yeah, no. Like, like similar to Brett. Just no airs and graces. Turn up, doesn't speak, goes home. Turn up, play shit. <laughs> <laughs> so were you successful at MK then? Is that when you... Did you get from League One, League Two to no, League One? No, the whole time I was there, we were in League One. We sort of were around the playoffs most seasons, but never never got promoted. Mm. And then I think it was, and this usually happens, it's strange. I don't know if it's sort of a pattern that materialises. The season after I left, the team gets promoted. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, Carl Robinson, it was Roberto Di Matteo who brought me in, then Paul Ince, then Carl Robinson, and he was done really well to be fair like a real good got a fine collection of watches I know where you're going with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so 
in my time at Norwich, like we was treated like pop stars around on the local scene. <laughs> <laughs> pop stars. And I had a couple of watches I got from Dubai, like fake ones. I had a. I don't know if Chris might have a photo of one. <laughs> a fake Jacob. I don't know if you've seen oh, it. It's like one that the rapper had wear. It weren't even colour, it was full diamond. <laughs> Every single part. I mean, I was so weak, I could never lift my hand up to look at it. I just like, hold me down there. But I'd always make an appearance on a night out in Norwich. Not the pictures I've got. And he might not even be in the picture. He'll be somewhere in the background. You just see him like that, lifting his, <laughs> his thing up. And it was a snide from Dubai. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't afford it. It cost about 30 on grand, I reckon. I got it for 16.99. It doesn't do it. Full <laughs> diamond. We're better off. We're worth more scrapping it in. <laughs> After Robbie Roberto Di Matteo left, was it just at the start of the season when he went to West Brom, and we were all booked up to go on a pre-season trip to Portugal at Vale do Lobo? We went out there, and it was just all the only people looking up. Well, the coaches were the youth team manager got drafted in, and um, Paul Mitchell, the ex-player, who was head of recruitment had done real well for himself at Red Bull now and it would turn into a bit of a <clears throat> know, a bit of a jolly up where we'd be out where's a place in Portugal near Vale de Lobo it's got like a strip on it and all that I know what you mean Quinta de Lago it might be I don't know but we ended up going there every night and Albie might have every night <laughs> Albie might have, it was it was like but because we was inside an enclosed building we had to like climb over walls and all that <laughs> so um all of us, I was with a gut lad called Danny Swales. Centre half. Centre who'd just come back from Berry. a... Berry. yeah. Just come back from a snap to kill his. And we were jumping over these walls and jumping six feet down. It was bloody <laughs> a nightmare. And then we got to the club and I think Albie got a text off... Um, the Pete Winkleman's son, Bobby. He goes, oh, I don't know what's happening. I've just seen Chadwick climbing over a wall. <laughs> <laughs> We were just out there. Like it, was, it was carnage. It was a great trip. But we, um, all we used to do, because the youth team manager and someone else, like he's a good coach and all that, but everyone was just a bit rat. You know what it's like on pre-season tour and every day I'd be, you know what you're like, moaning that he's repping or whatever. And like by the end of the week, he just had enough and he went, why don't you just fuck off? <laughs> I said, fair enough. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> it was Winkleman. He like he's done so much for that for Milton Keynes in general, like as a football club analyst. I know people say come. Keep across. hearing this, don't we? That he's a really good. Like, what, does, good did, what's, what did he do to make his money? I think it's something to do with music. Yeah. Like, I think he was a music promoter or, or something. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he's a like a diamond of a fella, like a, a great man. Like real looked after the players that come in there, and he's like. He won't throw his money away at the club, but he's done so well to get him from nothing to yeah, where they are really now. Are. Do the I, fans give him stick or not? <clears throat> I don't think the fan, not the MK Dons fans, don't because what he's fans of every other club give him stick, don't they? Because they feel he took the club mm. away yeah, from no, its I, roots. But. Yeah, there's obviously a massive rivalry with Wimbledon and that sort of thing. Remember, after I signed for Cambridge, I was warming up for on the bench for Cambridge away against Wimbledon. And I was getting absolute dog's abuse because I used to play for MK and there's a young lad called, who was on loan at Cambridge at the time called Sully Kai Kai. I was like stopped in the corner. He like looked at me with the absolute fear of God in his eyes and went, 
what have you done? <laughs> it was the sort of abuse I was getting shouldn't be, shouldn't be on the side of a football team. <laughs> they think you killed someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was the moment then for you, weren't it? After MK Dons. The prodigal son returns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Achieving the goal of playing for Cambridge United. Oh, yeah. I actually contacted, that's a strange part of the story, I contacted them. So I spoke to an agent that lives near me and he got in contact with G.S. George, who was the director of football, and I sort of offered my services to them. MK, because obviously I'd worked hard for MK, they looked after me a lot and sent me away with my best wishes. I didn't have long left in me, so I went there sort of <clears throat> halfway through the season and ended up getting promoted that season at Wembley. So it was like a dream come true. Yeah. I used to say to me missus and kids when we was walking through Cambridge throughout the years like there was a town also one day we'll be up there with a with a, like with a trophy with Cambridge United and it actually it's surreal really a real great way to end do you really the, want it that much? oh was, yeah you, 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 you envision yourself at the town hall <laughs> with a, a trophy of, of any description every single night <laughs> <laughs> Sunday afternoon, Dad, can we, can we go play football? No, we're going back down to that town hall. And we're going to stand and visualise what it's going to be like. So how old were you then when you when you went to Cambridge? So I've probably been 33, 34. Right. So yeah, I worked, my, obviously I, was, I played some games. I played a little bit in League Two as well the next year. My last game I ever started in professional football was at Old Trafford. In the FA yeah. Cup replay, so it was quite. A, that must have been a special moment. Yeah, it was incredible. Because I went up there, and it's the first, probably the first time I ever went back there as a player, and to go and when I got subbed off at the end, and I got a stand innovation. I didn't even think I'd remember who I was after all that time, but a stand innovation from the whole of Old Trafford, which was obviously something dreams about, like wearing a Cambridge shirt yeah. coming off at Old Trafford. Yeah. It was incredible, incredible. That sorted the club out as well, didn't it? Sort of Cambridge out financially for a while. It did at the time. I'm not sure if the money was spent particularly wisely after that, where it probably could have been invested in back, in better things. But it certainly helped a lot at the time mm. when the club was under a lot of financial constraint. <clears throat> a year after I left, I signed for my mate and played for a team called Soham Town Rangers, which was um, one of them where you'd get a little brown envelope after the game with a bit of money in it. <laughs> which you know, talks we've not got any uh, from anybody from HMRC <laughs> in the tax bill. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't really. <laughs> I'm going to tell a story about that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> if I said to you, you could play 30 games for Man U or 30 games for Cambridge. From 200, now. No, 200 games for Cambridge. Yeah. What would you rather do? It's a hard question. Like, I'm fortunate enough to have, to have done both. Like, If you would have asked me as a six, seven, eight-year-old boy, it would have been to play for Cambridge because that was that was the dream all along, what I always dreamed of doing. So to achieve that and also I played for Man United, I can't I can't complain really of what, what I managed to That's do mental, during my career. So it took you all, it took you sort of Man United, Burnley, Stoke, Reading, uh, MK, but you're finding... Made you went to Cambridge. All that, all that was just a, a small <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to get back to Cambridge. <laughs> Honestly, we had a serious conversation. Bear in mind, we were in the championship. You, weren't, sli- you, you weren't sleepwalking, were you? you weren't <laughs> <sleep-walking>, were you? <laughs> yes. Cambridge would have been in the conference, and you, you sat us down, I'm, I want to play for Cambridge. The so idea I was like, piss off, Luke. Like, no, seriously. Yeah, and you I meant did. it, didn't you? I did, yeah, that was 
what I wanted to do. So your whole journey through football was to get to Cambridge. No, actually, they let me go when I was 12, like to, as a school of excellence player and all that. Didn't get invited back, so... It's usually the other way around. Yeah. You start at Cambridge and then your whole journey to get to Man United, <laughs> but oh. At best off starting at the top. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't see what's strange though, did you? Yeah. So it couldn't, it couldn't have ended any better way for you. It really? was like, looking back at it now, it was in. Probably like, the Rovers. Yeah, that sort Finished. of thing. It was all like everything that could have happened, like to get promoted was amazing, but then to, to draw Man United in a cup, it was. Incredible. Why was that the last game then? Because I never got picked after that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's the best way to end it. <laughs> That's why you got to stand in a base because you were shy. I didn't officially retire for another two years after that. I was never gone. Oh, so Shoska is a there's a guy like obviously yeah he's doing now he's quite a quiet guy at the club he's he had such a passion for getting better like he'd practiced so much like his finishing was scary and he'd just keep practicing and practicing and practicing he always had great like his attitude was unbelievable I never you probably didn't see him at that stage while I was there as a manager but you can I think the club does need someone with United in their DNA which hopefully long term he can pull it all together and get him. Do you think they stick with him? I think they will. I think they will at the moment. Just out of stubbornness, I think. Maybe, yeah. See, I'm, I'm not like players who played for him at Cardiff and they were like, he's shite. He's absolutely shite. They were like, they were, they were like when he, the Man United are going to give him the job, it were like laughable. They were like, are they, are they winding us up or what? Really? Mm. He doesn't seem like the type of character he'd give a bollocking out. Obviously. I Did you see know. the... He got caught on camera, didn't he? Yeah. So Lingard. Was it Lingard. Yeah. One more and you're fucking off. <laughs> We've had that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around and see the boards on. <laughs> Why don't we just cut to the chase? Just, yeah, yeah. just take me off now. There's we all no know point. it's going to happen. <laughs> no point wasting another 10 minutes. Yeah. You're wasting my time and wasting yeah. your time. We're wasting the fans' time. Just take me off now, Gaffer. <laughs> You, were you there when Beckham went to Madrid? No, I would have been. Just I, I think <clears throat> I would have been on loan. Between loans. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I weren't at the club then. Because, but I suppose you'd have been there to see his rise to superstardom. Like, you, but you was been, everything that you didn't want to be, yeah. weren't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But he, like again, you talk about all that other stuff. But what I remember about him is that dedication. Like there was a reason why. He scored all them free kicks and set up all them goals to make himself that superstar. Yeah. It was because of his dedication to do more than anyone else and to practice over and over and over again. Changing, the, changing the subject. Are you still wearing your vests and blazer combos? <laughs> I always thought it was a cardigan vest combination. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It sounds good. That was I remember this distinctly. I had the vest cardigan and beads combination when we went to Amsterdam that night that we spoke about oh, <laughs> the laws and watch no I wasn't allowed to watch out of the country <laughs> what a combination yeah it's Bishop Desmond Tutu beads <laughs> he'd just go like that on arrival and just let you know that he had a vest on just move his cardigan or whatever it was so what we have had a run, running theme Throughout the last few episodes, top five night out.
players you've played with. I know you're excited. You think you're going to be in there? No, I'm not convinced. No, I don't think you'll be in. I don't know. <clears throat> He's a likable guy. Popular, popular fella. Yeah, you ain't going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but if we go to a top twenty, does he sneak in? Or? <laughs> I was trying to think. I'd say David Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because you're getting anywhere? There's no queuing up at fucking Volker Revs in Cambridge on your shoulder, is there? David, just sort this out. Is that genuine? Good on a night out? I'm always thinking, like you're saying, like getting in places. You've gone tactically. I'm going to take me and five others. Yeah. Me and Bex, obviously. I've got to take Robbie Blake and Glenn Little. They'd have to come. By the way, Blakey keeps threatening to come on this, by the way. I know, yeah. We need to so, pin him down. If you're we? listening, or yeah. if you know his Twitter, somebody tag him in it and tell him to get on. Yeah. You'd probably be annoyed with me here, Chris, but I'm going to go with Gary Dock. It was you or him, but I'm taking the dock. <laughs> nah, nah. I can see you. You don't mind coming second to Gary Dock? Nah. There's one man that I wouldn't mind coming second to. You weren't in, in Vegas that time, were you? When we were, I can't remember the name of the nightclub, but he got evicted from the, the nightclub. So after about 10 minutes, we've gone out to try and help them get back in. And as I've walked out, I've just overheard him going, listen, bruv, I'm an international soccer superstar. <laughs> and he was getting Google up. <laughs> Trying to show him in his island kit. <laughs> it don't matter, it don't matter if you're international, you can't be grabbing birds' asses, Gary. <laughs> Shit, weren't even him. <laughs> no, he was that, oblivious to it going on. Oh, mate. That, he man. just got the hook from the doorman. You'd be furious, wouldn't you? But yeah, he's he's, oh, well, he's up there. He's got to be. I've got one more. We want one more, yeah. I'll go with Tony Grant from Burnley. Linda, spitting image of Rodney Trotter. <laughs> he was um, first team coach at Blackburn. Was he? He's still here. When you were there? When I was there, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I didn't really, player. I didn't really see the the good side of him. No, yeah. The top fella, like oh, I yeah, never saw great. the. I'm guessing the, the other side, yeah. Yeah, because he, he was he was sound, but we never just lo- loved the loved the night out, did he? Yeah, yeah, loved it. Great banner as well. He's a funny man, really funny man. Just going back to manual, lads ever come in and you think, oh fucking hell, he's stinking. You know, like the bad nights out and whatever, and come to train next day and you thought it was. If every if people went out, it was ninety nine percent all together because the program was so intense in terms of there weren't really days off because mm. there was. Champions League during the week you train on a Sunday there was if there was, we went out it'd probably be everyone and go together yeah. on a team night out so there was never really I remember once when um, Mark Bosnitz signed I was only a youth team player at the time but he come back for pre-season he was obviously a bit worse for wear a bit unfit <laughs> and he was running around a pitch and you could just hear the manager banging on his window because it overlooked the pitch at the cliff like telling him to hurry up but he was He's sort of the beginning of the end, the day after he signed for Mark. <laughs> I think I remember seeing him. He likes a party. Yeah. He put a bit of timber on. Yeah, yeah I, I think he was a little bit heavy he, coming he's back. He's the only but... man that um, Alex Ferguson signed twice, I think. Bosnich. Really? There you go. Fact for you. He signed him as a youth and then he went back to Did Australia he? and then he re signed him. There you go. Oh, fucking hell. So, 70 episodes in, you'll find the call. Yeah, go with a fact. Constructive. Find the a fact that's relevant for yeah. one. No doubt we'll have Correct. 300 comments saying what a lot of shit they've Correct for it. two. So, and, and totally out of the blue. So, well done. <laughs> Top work. 
Thank you. You've got another episode. You've got another chance. So doing a bit of coaching now, mate. Yeah, so sort of slipped into the academy route when I finished at Cambridge with the coaching there. I've sort of come away from that a little bit and trying to set set something up with a couple of other lads where called the Football Fun Frat. Easy for me to say. <laughs> Football Fun Factory, where it's just sort of fun sessions for young, just trying to get more engagement in football with young people, boys and girls. Yeah. I think it's more, it's not anything to do with development or getting into academies. It's just using football as a as a vehicle, as something that people can come enjoy in a pressure-free get, environment. and Get them off their uh, computers. computers yeah, off the PlayStation like that. and that. And sort of, rather than rewarding good football skills or scoring loads of goals, we reward good attitude, good human qualities and that sort of mm. thing. So it's, it's a good thing we're, that we're setting up and hopefully it will it'll grow and grow. Can you see yourself getting back into the professional coaching mm. stuff or have you had enough? It's, no, I think I've just sort of, I've had my spell in football now. I think I've more, I get more excited by sort of the business side of growing this and I do from being involved in professional football. I think it's something that served its purpose for me. I've loved every second of it, but I just, I just can't see myself do you not walk through Cambridge City Centre and think I'd love to be a manager there with a trophy in, in town hall as a Cambridge manager? No, you've not been up there. Got up to the championship or something like that. And... No, because it probably wouldn't happen. I'll get sacked after three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Your lad's doing well though, isn't he? Yeah, both the kids. Again, it's a lottery, isn't it? We were lucky enough mm. to have had a career in a game. If it's like they, they love playing football and that's all that really matters to me if they make a career out of it. The oldest lad's at Cambridge, isn't he? Yeah, he's a goalkeeper. So he's got loads of confidence because he could mostly save my shots in the back guard. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he, you know, growing up with it, I'll give it the old, uh, my dad played for Man U. You know what I mean? That's because I've probably told everyone anyway. Everyone <laughs> 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 well aware yeah, of it. Yeah. Google. Oh, wait, Google still every match top, so. <laughs> so got your club suit on him. Yeah. Metal Man, underneath. Man United club suit on him, vodka revs in Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> Have you down, what, is it an Apple watch you've got on now? Yeah, Apple. I've actually Don't got... Um, no, I still keep the full <laughs> Don't worry, nothing goes round. <laughs> 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 the straps broke. I have to hold it round like that. It's got some fucking Jack the Whip sellotape tape on it. I have got a picture somewhere of him rolling his sleeve up and just going like that to Leave the camera. Leave it to yourself, Brian. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 